Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the real first episode of College Kid Talking College Sports. I'm your host, Korea Pounds, and we're going to get right into it. We have a long, long discussion we got to talk about. And this is all going to be about fall sports and if they're happening or not. So, for those people who really don't know what fall sports are happening, and this is Division One foot Division One, by the way, so all Division One fall sports for the NCAA. You have both men's and women's cross country. You have field hockey, football, men's and women's soccer, volleyball for the women, and then men's water polo. So those are the those are the sports that are happening in the fall. The biggest one that's on everyone's mind right now, obviously, is football. But coming into account, you really have to thought, think about what's going to happen with men's water polo because it's a water sport. And there's a lot of close contact. As someone who played or still kind of plays water polo, there's a lot of close contact. And social distancing is going to be very, very hard in all of these sports. Now, the alarming thing about football is how concerning it is with the alarming rates of covid on these players on the squads like for example there is an article i think about a couple months ago that i would assume bleacher report posted in fact they did it was about how alabama had i think third 30 i want to say 30 cases of coronavirus on their team before the month of june but like when they were actually that was last month because the players were starting to come back yes it was last month the players were starting to come back to the campuses and that's when they were allowing them and this alabama here we're not talking about some small no nobody school this is the one of the biggest schools for football in fact arguably the biggest school for football in the country and you have these many amount, this many amount of players testing positive. And if that's not concerning enough, you have Clemson, who is arguably one of the best right now. In fact, probably the best program for college football right now. They had another, they had, I think, 30 as well. So with that in mind, it's just very concerning that... The president of the NCAA, here we go with his name again, Mark Emmert, is really trying to put the blame for what's going on on the players and the coaches and people involved in the organization or the school, like athletic directors, other coaches, media, when in reality, they don't know what they're supposed to be doing. Because Mark Emmert hasn't given them a solid timeline yet. So everything is all up in the air right now. So nobody knows what to do. Nobody knows what is going to happen. And so that's why the football one is the most concerning. With water polo, this is interesting. Because there are a bunch of teams. And they're all in California. And California right now, if you guys haven't noticed is a big epicenter for the virus right now in the United States. It's really it's really unfortunate, but it's one of those places where it's just really rising at an alarm, at, a, at an alarming rate. 
And most of, in fact, a good percentage of these top schools are in California. I mean, you have UCLA, a top school for water. You have USC, Pacific. I can go on. Um, Cal, like Stanford, like all these teams are in California. And it's really, really sad that we may not even get to have a season because, I mean, these teams are these teams are really good. I mean, yeah, Pacific, Stanford, Cal, USC, like all all in California. And so, the thing that I don't like is how Emmert is really just trying to make it seem as if we need to do better. When I mean we, I mean the players, I mean the media, the organization, even the students who are on campus trying to be safe. When in reality, we don't know what's going to happen. So it's all of this struggle for power in a, in a way. And also this kind of struggle for clarity. And so that's why... Nobody knows what's going on. And well, I can list I can list all the schools. I mean, you have your East Coast schools like Princeton, Harvard, Brown, but like most of these schools that are in like the top ten are in California. I mean, look, you have Stanford, you have UCLA, as I said, Cal, USC, that's University of Southern California. Uh you have UC Irvine, UCSD, which is University of California, San Diego, like UC Davis, UC Santa Barbara. Pomona, Pepperdine, Cal State, Long Beach, Santa Clara, like I like I could go on and on and on and on. It's just because the how California is is just a hub right now for this unfortunate disease. And right now it's just very scary because nobody really knows like what's going to happen. And with water polo, you're obviously in the water. So that's one. And they're men, so they're obviously going to be wearing tight briefs, speedos pretty much. That's two. The benches are not that like spacious. You can't really like spread out cuz you got to jump in the water like as soon as like um a goal happens or a timeout. That's three. So do I think that men's water pole is going to happen this this season? I really, really doubt it. It's very, very slim. But if some way, somehow, they can really get through the analytics of spacing out the bench, uh, making sure everybody gets tested before they enter the water, obviously, and all of that, then I think they have a, a very small chance. I'd say about 15 to 20%. Now, women's volleyball obviously is a lot different because one you're not in the water <laughs> and two it's mostly kind of spacious because you have your positions for each player on each team and it's not like you're close together like alignment in football like it's very spaced out so that's why i think women's volleyball has a higher chance of playing this year and you got some good schools for for women's volleyball but it's just once again the risk comes with the reward. I just, 
Like, you have your Big Ten schools. Big Ten schools are very, very, very good. I've, I have friends who've played volleyball, and they've told me that these schools are very good. You also have, um, like here, I'll read you the top 10 from last season. You ha- who finished? You had Baylor, Stanford, Wisconsin, Texas, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, Nebraska, UW, which is University of Washington, Kentucky, and Florida. So you see, it's very, very Big Ten heavy in that top 10, along with a few Pac-12 and Big 12, and you have two, AC- two SEC and one ACC. So lo- knowing the location of all these schools, like you have Baylor, which is Texas, a unfortunate epicenter, Stanford, obviously, in California, Wisconsin, obviously, that's in Wisconsin, Texas, well, obviously, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Minnesota, and Nebraska, Washington, Kentucky, Florida. We, we, we all know where those are, mostly. <laughs> it's still a big risk, but I think this has a safer chance because it's not really, I mean, it's close contact sometimes when you're going to block or when you're going for a spike. And it's mo- and the thing that they're going to have to get rid of I don't I don't know if they're going to have to get rid of them, but I think they're not going to encourage is, is the huddles after a point. Because usually in volleyball, when someone gets a point, they huddle, they talk about like what's what's the next strategy, what to do next. And that will lead to a lot of close contact, like just in terms of, you know, just obviously not really social distancing and stuff like that. So that is something they're going to have to take into account there, which is very, very tricky. And it's the the thing about it is like, that's how the momentum shifts. Like you go into your huddle, you talk about it, you get hyped up and you get ready to go. So I don't know what the, I don't know what Emmert's going to do with that, but out of out of these sports that are happening in the fall, this one has a pretty good chance of happening. You just just thinking about volleyball and the sport of volleyball. You know, like you can get a visual representation in your mind of what it is. And so I think this one has a very safe chance of playing. Um, obviously, with this probably only conference schedule, it's going to be a little wonky. Um, as well as men's water polo, that's going to be very wonky because it's not really like they have, you don't have like a Pac-12 or a Big 12, like since there's so few programs around the country, like they may be playing the same teams or a very, very shortened season. And then for volleyball, I'm pretty sure they're going to have it obviously in conference, but they may even limit it some more. So that's something to look out for. But as of right now, I would say volleyball has a better shot of happening than water polo. For men. And then we go into women's and men's soccer. Now, this is also kind of in the middle. Soccer, obviously, it's a little more spacious. Um, you're obviously playing strategically, going up and down the field, but obviously a lot of sweat because you're running all the time. <laughs> all the time, excuse me. So that's something to take into account here. Um, obviously, we're prob- we're definitely going to be having these conference-only um excuse me, these conference-only schedules. And um, this may actually be beneficial for them instead of having like to travel to um, all these places. But the really, really challenging thing is going to be postseason. 
because what happens in the postseason, it's basically like March Madness for my basketball fans out there. College basketball, I should say. It's basically like March Madness. They have the they have the college cup for men and women. And it's all just structured in a way where you go to a certain location. It's usually the team that has the higher, um, excuse me, the higher seed. You go to their soccer field or whatever, and you play soccer there. And so that's why it's so tricky because you can have a conference only thing, but if you go like to like, for example, I'm gonna I'm I'm not gonna be biased here. I'm just gonna go with Washington State right here. Washington State, they had this incredible run last year. Women's soccer, by the way, women's soccer. They had this incredible run. First round they beat Memphis. Next round, they upset the number one seed in Virginia. Then they shut out West Virginia. Then they beat South Carolina to get to the final four. Most of, to pretty much all of those games were on the road. Virginia was on the road. That was in Charlottesville. West Virginia was on the road. South Carolina was on the road. So it's really, and then obviously, North Carolina, that was in... um, Excuse me. Oh, great. where was it? Um, oh, God, I know this. Uh, Santa, yeah, Santa Clara. Santa Clara. Excuse me. So this is going to be tricky because the seating is going to be really, really interesting in how they play out, who goes where, and is, are they even going somewhere? Like, are they going to have most of them at home? Like, is there not going to be that much travel? Reducing travel will be will be tricky and I don't know if they're really, you know, down to travel so much and, you know, ha- increase the risk. Now, over to the men's side, it's pretty much the same thing. I mean, Georgetown as a three-seed one last year, that was they had an incredible run. I did remember hearing about that. Um, Georgetown, they came basically almost out of nowhere. <laughs> Um, and they had a pretty good run. Um, I remember also hearing about UW. They had an impressive run, um, and until they lost to Georgetown eventually. Um, but the thing, it's the same thing here. You have a really, really spacious sport that could lead to detrimental uh, happenings per se because just just think about it like you have the excuse me you have the mls right now they're doing the mls's back tournament all of that stuff and fc dallas who is um obviously a good team they had multiple reports of positive tests and so that's that's very scary and i think that's what's going to happen here i think either i'm i think both men's and women's soccer are going to be having these positive tests that could either damage these uh, players' chances of going back to the College Cup. It could damage how um, it could damage the season. It could damage um, it could damage everything. It could really damage a lot. But I still think they have a good chance of playing because I mean it's not like. Sometimes when you're going for headers, obviously you're making contact or when you're going to try and steal a ball from someone, like obviously that's kind of close to contact, but 
for the most part, it's very spacious. A lot of people tend to stay six feet apart. And so far, they're doing good, right? They were they were pretty much like the first kind of sport to really come back for, for professional, like for National Women's Soccer League and for the MLS. And obviously in, 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 in uh, Europe as well and all over the world, this was kind of like the first sport to really like come back. And so far, they're doing a great job. So I think men's and women's soccer has a good chance. It's scary, though, because one wrong move and everything can everything can blow up like women's volleyball or men's water polo now for my favorite one football oh lord have mercy this one is oh jesus christ um oh god um well we already know that they're already going conference only and literally this morning um the pac-12 is pretty much going to release their schedule, I think, in the next coming week or so, um, of what they're going to be doing for the fall, for football, if there is a season. And it's right now looking like it's probably going to be 10 games, according to Mercury News. It's looking like it's going to be 10 games, and which each team is playing its division opponents and five crossover games. So let's say, um, I'll, I'll use Washington State as an example. So Washington State... They'll be playing against Oregon and Oregon State, obviously, UW, Cal, and Stanford. Those are the five division opponents. And then they're playing five crossover. So they would be playing probably, I don't know, maybe like Utah, ASU, UCLA, U, U of A, and uh, we'll go Colorado. And that's the schedule over there. So... The conference usually has nine games for the conf- for the conference and then the non the three non-conference. But because of the cancellation of non-conference, obviously they have to add a game really to dis- differentiate if they're bowl eligible or not. And oh god, that's gonna be interesting. I'll get into that one on the next podcast as I'll be going into more depth about college football and what it really is going to look like in the fall and all the best teams and all that stuff. But right now, it's looking like we're the season is supposed to be starting on September 19th, which is about mid-September. That would have been week three of the original 2020 calendar, but obviously with what's going on, it's a little difficult. And it's also going to be interesting to see how they really set it up in terms of the schedule, because you have situations like Los Angeles, like UCLA, USC, big epicenter for it right now. And then even, even, in, even in the state of Washington, like Washington state, which is in Pullman, it's a lot more relaxed over there. Like I wouldn't say relaxed, but you don't have as many cases as in Seattle, Washington, where, um, King County is the one County in Washington state where, a lot of the cases are so that's that's really what they have to go into and then washington washington state obviously big rivalry game apple cup that's usually the last game of the regular season for both teams well it is and i'm assuming they're gonna have the rivalry week at the end of the season but what is going to be also interesting is the pac-12 championship it's supposed to be in Las Vegas, that new stadium for the Raiders, and now it's getting moved, and it's looking like it's going to be the next week, and it's, this, this season is going to be one to really just take a day at a time, because you really don't know what's going to happen, 
And it's not even it's not even just the Pac-12. You got other conferences too, like ACC. Apparently, um, they they don't even know if their kickoff games are gonna happen. They're gonna make their decision later this month, probably in the next few days. Um, the American Conference is requiring testing before all games. Um, so notable games canceled for them. Um, you had Houston against Washington State. That was a big game. Uh, you had Tulane Northwestern, Rutgers Temple, all that stuff. Like um, one that's postponed is Notre Dame Navy. That would have been a good one. Um, and they had Lafayette Navy as well for the ACC. Um, some of the big games that were canceled. You had Miami Michigan State. That would have been a big. That would have been a good one. Penn State Virginia Tech. I think that would have been a good one. Purdue Boston College. Um, it's. It's a shame that we have to come to this, but I mean, you can't really do much. Also, like again, the Big 12, their conference, their kickoff games are in the air. And their and the Big 12 is announcing their decision in late July, so pretty much in the next few days. Some of the games canceled for them, Oregon State, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Iowa, TCU Cal, Maryland, West Virginia, and Texas Tech, Arizona. Now, the Big 10, what they did they just canceled all their non-conference games. They were the first conference to do this. And there were a lot of good games from this conference. You had the two nuns that are notable, the two ones that are very notable. You had Michigan going to UW, University of Washington, and then Ohio State, Oregon. Oh my God. Oh Lord, those would have been good games. Also, Notre Dame, Wisconsin. Oh my goodness. It's a shame because it's just all these. All these good games are just going out the water. I mean, and then you have your independence. Most of those are gone. Like BYU, and I'll get into this a little later on the next one, but you have like your independence. What are they going to do? Because they're not really in a conference. And since it's only conference only, like, are they going to be added to a conference? Like, what's going to happen there? I'll get into that on the next one. The next podcast, I'm saying. You have like your Mac, Mountain West. I already talked about the Pac-12. The SEC. This one's a little tricky. Um, He said that the commissioner, Greg Sankey, he said, and I quote, that there will be more clarity near the end of July with regard to a decision about them them having a football season. Now, the thing about it is I'm concerned about these really really like excuse me like these big schools because the sec is a dominant it is the dominant conference for football is it the most dominant conference for football and well you also could say like the big 10 as well but this one is very very good you have alabama lsu a&m florida georgia i can go on and on (laughs) but it's they're probably going to be making a decision by the end of the month and i'm 90% 90% sure that it's going to be the football season and it's going to be no fans or limited fans or whatever they do. But um we'll see. Um I mean, the biggest game canceled for them was Alabama USC. That was a game I was really excited to see. Pretty much that was that would have been uh the QB Keaton Slavis's like really really like first big test of the new season, placing off against the best on one of the best schools in the country uh, it, everything's just really up in the air um one notable conference that you don't really like get to talk about but 
is really making headlines is the Ivy League. Uh, obviously, they're not um, FBS; they're FCS, uh, and they're not even they're not even having any fall sports. Like nothing. They are starting in the spring, which is really interesting. And I th- and I heard, um, I was watching Jay Williams on. Uh, I think it was on Get Up, or or First Take or something. And he was talking about how this trend of having spring football could really be permanent. And I don't know how I feel about that. I want to say it's good, but also, like, you, you have to rearrange everything, like, in terms of, like, eligibility. Um, you would have to rearrange how the draft is. Um, like, it, it would... It would take. Also, you would have to rearrange how college basketball is played because if you're having March Madness conflict like with um like with a championship game, obviously that's gonna really conflict. And so, like, you could have like these dual athletes who can't really do that. But this one, this comp, this sport specifically, football, this one is really, really up in the air. Obviously, very contact heavy sport. You have these teams really going at each other, making hard hits and everything. So are we are we gonna have football? I as someone who is going to be covering the sport in the fall, I'm going to say no. But as someone who's being optimistic, I'm gonna say yeah. But we'll see. We will see. Now heading on to field hockey. Um for those who don't really know what field hockey is, it's kind of confu- <laughs> it's kind of um it's basically just kind of like hockey just obviously on a field. Um <laughs> and um it's it's kind of in the middle as well. I would say it's kind of like um like a women's soccer cuz it's very spacious as well. Um but it's still, you know, people could get hit, obviously sweating, running up and down the field, all that stuff like that. Um, this is more of a east side, like east eastern United States thing, because the top ten schools right now are you have you have a bunch of Ivy leagues. You have Princeton, Harvard, Yale, and Columbia, and they're not even having those. So you can get you can forget those schools, but you also have Duke. You have University of Virginia, Stanford, UNC, uh, and oh boy, <laughs> um, I don't know if this one's going to happen. Um, I think it's just because of how many teams are not going to be participating. I mean, you have literally in the top 10, you have, let me see, you have Dartmouth, Penn, Columbia, Yale, Harvard and Princeton. Those are six schools that are just not even having fall sports and potentially moving them to the spring. I don't know. We'll see what the Ivy League is going to do with that. But oh lord. <laughs> um I I see very very slim opportunities for this to happen. Field hockey is a really interesting sport too. It's kind of it's like a mixture of lacrosse cuz on a field obviously and it's also a mixture of hockey obviously. So you have both and uh i just i just don't know like i really don't know like are they gonna have it i mean you also have a bunch of um schools from like the big 10 doing him and 
I mean, that's, I mean, it's cool and all, like, the you get to see, like, the Big Ten, but, like, I think this really, I think this one may be, I think, I think field hockey may get cut. I really honestly think that, and it's a shame because it's a really interesting sport, but the way everything is right now, like, there's limited teams, like, I don't know how much funding they get compared to football, who which gets the most funding, and I don't know. I don't know. And now finally, we have cross country. And I think this one's a safe one. As long, I mean, pretty much you're just, you just got to maintain social distance. It's going to be a little interesting. It's like kind of wonky. Like you have to maintain social distance while running. So basically, you're basically running away from people when you're just trying to all run the same direction. So it's, yeah, it's kind of all wonky. But in reality, I think this one has the safest bet of happening. I mean, if you really think about it, it's an individualistic sport. You're running long distances trying to, you know, just trying to win, pretty much. I mean, there's really not that much to it. I mean, think about it. You're running. It's not like you're playing, like, water pole where you're in the water and there's close contact. And you're, it's not like there's football, obviously, close contact. You're by yourself in cross country for men's and women's. You're by yourself. You're, I mean, obviously, there are some team efforts, obviously, with, like, um, relays and all that stuff and um, long distance running. And um, there's obviously the team aspect in it. But when you break it down, it's a very individualistic sport. You are trying to get to the finish line first. And I feel like this one has the best chance of happening. But on the downside of it, I don't know or at least I don't think there are that many schools that really have, excuse me, that have this program there. Um, what's going to be interesting is to see like the championships, because if a lot of people qualify, then obviously you're going to have a lot of people there. And that's really not really maintaining social distancing. <sighs> but, oh boy. <laughs> um, um, we're going to see, we're going to see what, with all these fall sports, we're going to see what's going to happen. I would love to see all of these sports happen, but realistically, I think your safest bet is this one along with women's volleyball. And then it would go men's and women's soccer, football, water polo, and then, and then, um, field hockey. I don't want to, and for all the people who enjoy field hockey or know about field hockey, <laughs> don't, like, feel free to educate me because I'm not the best at it, but just thinking about, like, the teams that are there, you had six Ivy League teams that are in the top 10 last year, and the Ivy League is not having any fall sports, and with the limited programs and with the limited funding and with everything going on, I just I think that's going to be one sport that may get cut from a bunch of schools. Like, some of those Big Ten schools that are really focusing on football or, you know, the quote-unquote bigger sports at the school. So, th that's pretty much what my take is on fall sports. I really, really do wish that all of these um, programs do happen. Um, but unfortunately, with this global pandemic we can't really control anything it's controlling us and so we just have to take everything day by day and just hopefully be okay 
Uh, so that, but that's going to end, um, the first episode, uh, of college kid talking college sports next week. I will be talking about college football specifically. I talked about it a little bit here, but I'm going to get more in depth as in talking about, you know, best schools right now, recruiting, um, what the conference only schedule may look like. And by the time I record it, I'm hoping that the schedules for both, like all the power five conferences come out so I can take a look at the schedule and we can analyze like who has the best shot of getting to the college football playoff and um, also talking about the college football playoff, like how that's going to look like in terms of seeing who are the best four teams and not looking at the non-conference because there's no non-conference this year. And um, also talking about potential draftees um, in terms of who is going to be a high draft pick, middle of the road, um, potential, and all that stuff. Uh, So this has been the first episode of College Kid Talking College Sports. I'm Korea Pounds. Peace out. I'll see you next time.